Hello and welcome to the Locked On Bulldogs podcast. I am Daniel. And I am Clint. Uh, We are the number one daily podcast for all things Georgia Bulldog sports. A few things you should know right off the bat in case you're new to the show. We are not recruiting gurus and we do not have insider connections, Daniel. We do not. No, we we do not. What we do have is a deep-rooted love for all things Georgia Bulldogs. We talk about the dogs the way that you do at a tailgate or over a drink with your friends. We're a podcast for fans and by fans, uh, and we would love for you to join in the conversation with us. Uh, You can email us at LockedOnBulldogs at gmail.com, as some of you already have. You can hit us up on Twitter at DogsPodcast, as many of you regularly do. Uh, We want to talk about what you want to talk about. We've got a mailbag later in the show today. If you did not get your question in for that mailbag, we're going to do it every Wednesday, so you can go ahead and start firing us questions uh, or topics for next week's mailbag. Um, uh, you can subscribe to the podcast. That helps us out a tremendous amount wherever you listen to podcasts. If you just click follow or subscribe or whatever that button is, uh, you can tell your friends. You can give us a rating. You can give us a review. Um, uh, you should tell your friends, not you could. You should. You should. Well, I'm, I don't like to yeah. be the guy that tells you what you should and shouldn't do. You know, like how you should live your. You life. don't want to be that guy. But yeah. But in I this case, you. I do. In this case, I do. You should. Yeah. You should. Yeah. You should tell your friends. Uh, we're gonna be here every day, Monday through Friday, talking about the dogs. Uh, and today is Monday through Friday. It's Wednesday. It's right in the middle of those yeah, days. Uh, so what are we talking about today, Clint? Yeah, that's great. Let's get into it, Daniel. We got three things. Uh, We call this Media Roundup Wednesday. First, we want to talk all things Kirby's presser. Uh, If you don't think, if you thought that you understood Kirby's speech before, uh, you ain't seen. You ain't seen nothing. Kirby Speech yeah. 101, okay. a little introductory class being given this we're week. We're going to remedial classes are in session. Uh, we're going to talk Kirby's pressers. Uh, we're going to also get to dumb stuff we read on the internet or what people are saying in our second segment. In our third segment, we will take a couple questions from you, the listener. Uh, so remember that for next week. So, Daniel, let's get right into it. Let's talk about Kirby's presser. A couple things we learned from him. As you had stated, Kirby was very talkative after a loss. Turns out that even insecurity hits the old head coach, uh, University of Georgia. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was he was flapping them gums, Daniel. He's chatty. Injury news is just it's, it's, it's just flying off the shelves. We can't keep it to ourselves. Um, no. I believe it was, I mean, earlier this week, it's hard that all the days are now beginning to run together. We've only been doing this every day for a couple days now. It's already for three three days. Already, exactly. I can't remember what day was what. But earlier in the <laughs> week, I believe we said, um, and I don't want to quote us directly here, but something to the effect of Lawrence Cager better be healthy for the rest of the season. Do oh, we say that? We said, I think, I think the uh, undercurrent of that conversation was if Lawrence Cager is not healthy. Daniel and I wanted to tie bricks around our feet and jump off of a short pier, I think is what the undercurrent of that conversation was. So do you know directions to a pier? Uh, so give me a pirate ship and let me steal some, some treasure from them. Um, uh, Lawrence Cager is, uh, seems like he's out for this week. That's, that's yep. a no-brainer. 
feels like. And, no, he's done. And, he's not playing Kentucky. And Kirby says dealing with another mystery injury that sure. Kirby doesn't want to divulge the details of. But now um, apparently the separated shoulder that Lawrence Cager's been playing with is not the only thing that's going on with him. Uh, Clint, I ask you very simply, is it time? To, yeah. Is it time to panic in terms of the UGA wide receiving core? I think it was foolish to begin with to say that we needed to become somebody that we were not. This air raid offense, which we had said we didn't want to be, uh, there is a way in which you can be creative and get the ball in space and not be air raid. And with Lawrence Cager not running down the sideline doing 50-50 back shoulder fades and jumping up and getting them, because look, even if he comes back in at any point in the next couple of weeks, um, have you dealt with your the, the the ligaments that contain your arm in one place, Daniel? you ever dealt with those being relaxed or not having the elasticity that it needs to to remain in place? Is that – are you trying to – does that make it tough to, to do athletic <laughs> I, movements? Is that what you're trying to say? I think what I'm saying is once that elasticity goes, it's a little hard to get it back so quick. So Lawrence Cager is not going to be near healthy for the next – month do we have a couple big games happen in the next month daniel excuse me while i go and get a bucket yeah nope get two grab two (laughs) grab three get the clearance item grab a travel bucket for the car because we're going to need it (laughs) that's right it's bad it's it's not great it's not great nope no, it's not great. No, it's it is panic time with with the ride receivers because we have said lawrence cager is the one we trust the most um other injury news, Clint, was there any other injury news that Kirby wanted to bring to light for us? Yeah, yeah, it turns out that old Trayvon just had himself a little wrist surgery, mm. which that doesn't sound like an outpatient procedure, but apparently it was. Apparently, if you are a freak specimen of nature, then you just they just go in there and hack you open and uh, in the wrist arm region, and then you're out there playing football the next day. So, yeah. Uh, Trayvon Williams. Uh, I don't Trayvon think Walker. he can. I believe Walker, is his name. Sorry, Trayvon Walker. Yeah, thank you. Trayvon Walker uh, can't do any wrong in my book. Just, just there's nothing that he can't do. So you tell me he's got a little wrist surgery and then come back from that and play this week. I believe it a million percent. I hope he. I hope he plays this week. Because um, we need. Yeah, we need all the help we can get. Um, uh, we need all the speed on the defensive line that we can get. Uh, so yeah. Trayvon Walker will be a uh, will be a valuable part. I I, I couldn't help but notice. Um, you remember I said um, what am, when we got to what am I excited about about the Kentucky game? Uh-huh. I said I was excited about angry Kirby. Do you recall that? <laughs> oh, I recall Daniel. Uh, angry Kirby. I feel like has showed up a little bit early to the Kentucky game. And he's in the uh, he's in the media room this week. Yep. Uh, Kirby Kirby already has a tenuous relationship with reporters. True or false? It's it's a it's. Uh, I I think you you sold that a little short, Daniel. It's already it's already on edge. You can tell that there's a handful of people in that room that Kirby actually has genuine respect for. And, uh-huh. and when they ask questions, he gives uh, he gives answers. 
And then there's a handful of people in that room that Kirby wishes would meet him around back after the after the press conference was over. Uh, he really, really does. Somebody, somebody, Clint, I believe, has been listening to the podcast on that note. Uh-huh. And uh, we love it when people listen to the podcast, take our ideas. And um, this person heard you, Clint, uh, very outspoken about the about the rotation at wide receiver. Uh, have you not been? You are adamantly in favor of uh, shortening that rotation by quite a bit. I am. Shortening it to only three, as I've heard you say. Which, which, by the way, I want to change out one of those players because he can't He's, play anymore he, and insert D-Rob. So. Okay. All right. D-Rob in. Lawrence Cager out. Um, somebody asked that direct question. Ask about uh, shortening the wide receiver rotation. How did Kirby respond to that, Clint? Was he, did he seem in I, favor of your I, idea? Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised that person was able to walk out of the press room, Daniel. He did not seem in favor of any conversation about that. Oh, gosh. Do you think Kirby wants to be asked more questions about the South Carolina game, or do you think he's moved on to this Kentucky game? We're focused on Kentucky. Again. We're focused on Kentucky. Again. Again. Our focus is on Kentucky. Because, guys, I don't know if, uh-huh. you, I don't know, if you know this or not, but they have a really good football team. At Kentucky. Oh, they. I know you don't. I know you don't think this, but they. Every team in the SEC is a really good football team. It's a really good team. Yeah. No, he was not amused. Uh, it was quite a sight to be seen. Go back. Kirbyism 101 happening. Uh, you need to go listen to it. Uh, Daniel, that wraps up our first segment on Media Wednesday. Uh, coming up, we're going to talk about what we read on the internet and what other people are saying. Uh. And Daniel, what other people are saying is this. Uh, how many people, if you were to have a drinking game okay. with the phrase explosive plays. I'm excited so far. And only, right, <laughs> right, uh, and, and only read beat writers and bloggers for University of Georgia. How long before you're, you're toast and under the table? Well, considering uh, during the first three weeks of the season, I played the same drinking game with the word havoc. Uh, now I'm playing yep. it with explosive plays. Let me just say that I'm going to be checking myself into a facility later in the week. Yep. And uh, yep. you don't expect to see me around for a while because I'm going to need yep. to get some stuff sorted out in my personal gonna life. going to need a liver donor in a hurry. Uh, uh, people, people want them some explosive plays, don't they, Clint? They do. They do. Man, they are talking about it left and right. They are saying we need to get the ball downfield. We need to get it into playmakers' hands. DeAndre Swift coming out, talking about it as well. Uh, hello. Uh, I, I did not did not see that one coming, I did, Daniel. I did not see that one coming either, to be honest. Um, and, you know, I mean, I, just, I guess I'll just ask you, how do you feel about it, Clint? How do you feel about when DeAndre Swift – Co-MVP of the offense, I would say. Absolutely. Um, how do you feel about when DeAndre Swift comes out and makes some, makes some? I, I don't know, would you call it bold? Would you call it aggressive? Would you call it confrontational comments? How would you I define would, them? I would say, 
I would say aggressive is the right term. I don't take DeAndre to be a confrontational guy. I do not take DeAndre taking swipes. I think this is an aggressive comment okay. that he is making. Um, that is expressing a lot of feels, okay. clearly. Um, but here's here's the deal. When we use the term explosive plays, Daniel, mm-hmm. I don't think... I don't think we're using the term correctly if what we have envisioned is a Patrick Mahomes-type 55-yard slingshot to the corner of the end zone. I don't think mm. I don't think that's what we all mean by explosive plays because what you and I have lamented the most this year, we said so on last podcast, we'll say so again here, an explosive play is DeAndre Swift putting two men on the ground without even touching them mm-hmm. because they have been forgotten about by his right foot in the ground and then up for 50 yards that's an explosive play is it not daniel yeah and if you look at georgia football in recent memory that's the way that we get most of our explosive plays it's not on 55 yard in the air uh, bombs. You know, we have a few of those. We have a handful of those. We have a few of those big plays uh, every, you know, kind of sprinkled in throughout the year. But yeah. I can't tell you the last game when we had more than two of them. You know, like it's not like, but I can tell you the games that we've had multiple 30, 40, 50 yard runs. Um, I could tell you the games that we've had wide receivers break tackles and run for big gains. Uh, you know, those are the plays that I think are explosive that, you know, we're going to get to this in, in the mailbag in, in just a little bit, but I think, I think, I do think people sometimes have the wrong idea about what an explosive play is when they are asking they for really explosive do. play, like as if, you have to throw the ball a long way before it's caught in order to have a play that's explosive. That's, that's A play is explosive based on how many yards it gains. Yep. And often when you throw the ball a long way in the air, how many yards does that play gain, Clint? Sometimes, well, if it's, sometimes zero. Yeah, I was say, if it's caught, if it's caught, yeah. very explosive. But you can go ahead and do a little tunnel screen out to the left with, I don't know, a guy named James Cook, and uh, he can get 25 yards in a hurry. That's an explosive play, and he caught that line. He caught that ball behind the line of scrimmage. Yeah, and I, so. I mean, I do think there's something too, though. You know, Kirby, this has been kind of back to Kirby for a second, but Kirby came out and said, you know, on Monday he was talking about the we were efficient in our – uh, in our, I don't know if he, he was talking about the, the offense or the run game or whatever, and he was talking about all these right. uh, metrics that they use to measure efficiency. Um, we were much more efficient than they were, meaning we gained four yards or more on first down. We gained whatever more yards on. But the problem was we were gaining exactly those yards. And and then he Kirby was lamenting the fact that we turned the ball over four times. Well, guess what? Guess right. what, guys? When you have to run 17 plays to make it to the end zone because you're gaining four yards per play, uh-huh. uh, 
you're going to turn the ball over a bunch because you have more opportunities to turn the ball over a bunch because your offense has to run a bunch of plays. Explosive plays are really important to an offense. These are 18, 19, 20-year-old kids. Even the best of them are going to struggle if you ask them to do something 20 times in a row without making a mistake. You know, like all it takes then is one missed assignment by Isaiah Wilson for a big sack. All, uh-huh. all it takes is one penalty of a hold or an offensive pass interference that sets us way behind the chains, and all of a sudden four yards on first down is useless. It means nothing. Totally useless. Uh, yep. And so while I agree that explosive plays need to be redefined, uh, I'm also in the camp that something something's got to change about this offense. Uh, because we can't I, I, just that, keep, I agree a million percent. We can't just keep taking baby steps down the field and expect that we're just going to march it straight into the end zone. No, uh, I agree a million percent, which leads us into our next point. How many times, same drinking game, different phrase, uh, bring back Bobo have you read this week, Daniel? The fire James bring back Bobo as offensive coordinator. I'm, I'm going to say this. Clint. Please, slowly and and clearly so we can all hear you. Okay. <laughs> I don't think you're going to like it. I don't think you're going to like what I'm going to say, Clint. If I could trade James Coley for Mike Bobo today, I would do it in a heartbeat. I, You have made your love of Bobo very clear from the onset, Daniel. But You said horrible head coach. Awesome OC. But the fact that, that, like, Georgia fans, you hated Mike Bobo. Don't I? Yes, you, know, you don't. Did. You hated him with the fire of a thousand suns. Don't, don't act <laughs> like you don't. Like, you hated him. Um, but listen, that offense was way more dynamic than this offense. Like, period. There's reasons... Yeah. I mean, yeah. James Coley, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not writing him off, but I'm just saying, you know what you're getting. I feel like in Mike Bobo, and so I take James, it. Hey, James Coley, James Coley will be taking another position at the end of the year. You think that? Is that a prediction? I think that. That's a prediction. My prediction is that he will go. Remember, remember a guy named Schottenheimer taking another position at the end of the year, Daniel. Well, th- that guy's position was fired. I think was the position. Well, that's that's, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. He, James Coley will get another position, but it will be just oh, like you, we did with Cheney. You don't mean you don't mean he'll be getting another position on this team. You mean he'll be getting nope. another position at another school? He's gone. That's what I'm saying. No, he gone. I don't. I disagree. I, I think Kirby. Yeah, well. oof, I don't think Kirby will do that. I think Kirby's got too much pride to do that. We'll see. Now, if my if my Bobo gets fired at Colorado State, it would be interesting. If I mean, if he ain't got fired yet, what are they gonna like? What <laughs> what more does the man have to do that he hasn't already done? Fired? He must be thinking he's got That's unlimited job security. He does. <laughs> when when he goes in for review, he says, "This this record's okay with you?" They're like, "Yeah, well, that's good." And he just says, "I I'm here He's forever." Like, okay, I'm gonna go skiing. 
Cool. <laughs> um, bring Colorado. Uh, James Coley, though, Dan- the bring back Bobo, that's not the dumbest stuff that you read. That's Come not on. the dumbest the stuff. Dumbest. You know the dumbest stuff I was? What's the dumbest? The dumbest is Jake Fromm is trash and can't make throws and is a bum and is pointless and needs to be cut and can't even hold the jockstrap of third-string Houston. Coach Coach Dana Holgerson's son can't can't even hold a candle to him. Um, who are you people? I just need to know. I'm putting together a scrapbook of idiots, and I just wanted to have a picture to go along with. Who has this take? Somebody, please let me know who. Like, because if you're a Jake Fromm is trash person, um, I feel like I know everything I need to know about you, right? Like, that's I got you. You show him who you are. Yep. Like, we, we're good. We're good. Look, guys, he had an awful game. He had the worst game of his career, mm-hmm. and it happens to every single player. And I can go down the list of other players who have had trash games, and they themselves are not trash. He will rebound. Stop making this a thing. Just stop. I mean, I... how'd Tua do against Georgia in the SEC championship game last year? Was he? Should he have been benched and gone? Well, that's our opinion doesn't matter. But let's say Bama fan, because our my opinion is too is that he is not as good as people are making him to be. And I would have gone with Jalen Hurts from the onset. But uh, guys, is is uh, is old Jennifer Aniston's cousin down in Clemson after NC? Should he have been benched? It's it's Jake Fromm is going to come out. He's going to not only that, but. Like, don't act like Justin Fields is not going to get exposed at some point this season. And I don't mean exposed like Justin Fields is not a good quarterback. I mean, like, Justin Fields is going to have no. a bad game. He's going to be 12 of 24 with a couple picks for 95 yards and two rushing touchdowns. Um, gosh, it just if you have a – to me, like, I know that this is not going to be a popular opinion, and I think both takes are ridiculous. But it makes more sense to me for someone to say Rodrigo Blankenship is trash than Jake right. Fromm is trash. And, and again, I do not think Hot Rod is even remotely close to that. But I'm just saying, after all Jake has done... To show you, he's one of who the most accurate passers ever in the history of University of Georgia. I just can't, I cannot stomach a take that says he can't make all the throws, he can't do yeah. this, he can't do that. It's, it's nonsense. It's nonsense. He had a bad game. Uh, all right, Daniel. He had a bad game. All right, that was our second segment. Uh, leading into our third segment, which we got a couple of mailbag questions. And Daniel, those mailbag questions, we got two of them uh, today that perked our interest. First one is this. If you were the coach, you're Kirby Smart, you're in the seat. Okay. What conversations would you have had with Jake Fromm? That's, that's just tying right back into what we were just talking about. Um, I don't think there's a conversation that needs to be had with Jake Fromm. Here's here's what if I'm Kirby Smart, here's what I'm saying to Jake Fromm. I'm saying, um, it's your team. Uh huh. I'm saying, 
you should probably not throw off your back foot on the run towards the sideline anymore. And um, maybe you and uh, whoever the center is, whether it's Trey Hill or or other. Nope. No. Or other. other. Um, you and the center maybe get a little extra, get a few extra reps in. Oh. And I would also tell him not to throw it at 87 or 5. That's what I would tell right. Jake Fromm this week. Like, hey, um, you see number one flashing. You see number eight flashing. You see number 16 flashing. You see number four. Um, those are all people that maybe let that thing go. Um, maybe some. There's some other guys that maybe you don't. You just yeah. Tuck it and run. No, uh, the conversation I'm having with Jake Fromm is this, Daniel. Uh, I'm a big movie guy. He's seen Ocean's trilogy, Ocean's Eleven, Twelve, sure. Thirteen. Sure. Okay. Uh, you know, Danny and Rusty, the relationship they have in it, they don't really communicate a great deal, and they kind of know what each other's are thinking, yeah. and they just kind of move on. Okay. And then there comes old Matt Damon's character who has to talk about everything, mm-hmm. right? Georgia fan, you're Matt Damon in the movies that has to talk about everything. Okay? Uh, Kirby and Jake Fromm. You're what? You're wearing the big prosthetic nose, Georgia fans. Like, that's what you're doing. You're you're the one that needs the extra extra smells to to attract the ladies into you. That's that's what you are, okay? Um, And Rusty and Danny are Kirby Smart and Jake Fromm. Yeah, that's They're fine. They looked at each other and... And Kirby gave him the look that essentially said, I'll see you at film on, on Monday, son. And then just walked out. That's the conversation he had. Because Jake Fromm knows who he is. Kirby knows who he is. Move on. What, what conversation would you have with Rodrigo? Uh, if, I don't think Kirby Smart's ever had a conversation with Rodrigo, except to tell him he was on scholarship. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. I think Kirby Smart stays as far away from Rodrigo Blankenship as he possibly can. I think... <laughs> I think when Kirby Smart's walking down the sidewalk and Rodrigo Blankenship's walking down the sidewalk with the other direction, Kirby Smart crosses over to the other side of the street as to avoid any unnecessary interaction with Rodrigo Blankenship. Like, he says... Daniel, I think this is a totally fair take. He says, again, re-enter the programming codes into your leg and continue doing what you've always been doing and... Please do not rise up and murder us all, Rodrigo. Like that. <laughs> because you are an artificial intelligence robot. Uh-huh. Um, you don't say, first of all, you don't say anything to kickers, period. Secondly, no. No, you, you let kickers come out to the field when they want, leave when they want, and just get their 150 kicks in before they do so. If, if he, he's like a, he's like a rock star. If he requires on his, like in his for his pregame meal to be like you know 150 veggie corn dogs, like then you get him 150 veggie corn dogs. Like that's what yeah. you just let him do. No, Daniel, that's that's the fair take. That's the fair take. Uh, uh, last question from our mailbag. All right, let's let's get into it. Let's get into it. Uh, by the way, these this this question comes uh, from us or to us from good old West Coast, Portland, Oregon, uh, listener Michael Smith, former former executive producer intern Michael. We should mention back from the dead. 
Long, Back from the dead. Long, we, thought, we thought he died in a hiking accident. Long-time listeners to the podcast will know exe- former executive producer, unpaid intern, audio engineer, <laughs> Michael. He's back, people. He's, he's not. Back. He's not. Don't, he's not doing any of his him. jobs. He's not. He's not. No. He's not I'm serving. I'm doing all the audio. He's not serving We're, in any no. capacities, but he is he's asking not. questions. So I guess there's that. There's that. Uh, do you think taking deep shots was the problem on Saturday? And follow up corollary: Should we focus more on the intermediate 15 yard gains, Daniel? Um. I think the problem on Saturday, to answer the first part of the question, was that our heads were stuck up our buttholes. That's number one good point. So not not necessarily related to the deep shots, unless by deep shots... <laughs> it was right there. It was just... <laughs> it was. You couldn't help yourself. I was wondering if you were going to go there, it and was, sure enough. It was right there for me. I had to. Uh, no, that's not what I think the problem was on Saturday. Now, but a fair question, Clint, I think is, which I think is the gist of this question from yeah. um, our, our buddy Michael, is should we try to tailor the offense to what has traditionally been the strengths of of our Correct. offense slash Jake Fromm, which is the 10 to 15-yard, you know, back shoulders, um you know, deep outs, deep crosses, or or slants, or whatever. Um, the intermediate yeah. passing yeah. game, let's say, and take fewer deep shots. So I'm curious to know your thoughts on that, Clint. If you're the offensive coordinator at Georgia, uh-huh. do you think there's merit to that? Uh, I will reference two things that I think James Coley neglected in preparation. And Jake Fromm is a man that will follow coaching, okay? And by the way, I I hate saying this out loud, but since it's already on film and since every SEC coordinator already knows this, Daniel, I will give you a million dollars, million dollar question, eight seconds left before half or final whistle blows. Georgia has the ball in the 50. What pass route is being ran and where is Jake throwing the ball? Goodness gracious. Uh, he's throwing it to the right side of the field. I'll tell you that Point right one. now. Right side. He is not going to look over that left shoulder. It's not there. Not even going to sneak a peek. But he is running a quick out to the right um, every time. Five to seven yard quick out to the right hash on the right hash to the right sideline every single time. Did you see the number of times you had mentioned this earlier on the pod? The number of times we had a streaking receiver over the middle just on a slant, on a dig, anything over the middle that Jake Fromm didn't look at. To me, that's James Coley had talking to him saying, this this is going to be here, this is going to be here. Go with the out. Go with this down the sideline. That's Jake looking first at that read and going with it because James Coley wants it. It wasn't the fault of taking the deep shots. My problem is just let Jake do his thing, I think. Let, let him sit back. Let him find those receivers. He's going to find them. He had an awful game. They were open. The play... The, I just got mad at James Coley for doing that stupid five to seven yard out with eight seconds left in the half. That's James Coley called plays that had streaking defenders. Jake Fromm just needs to hit him. 
My problem with the deep shots on Saturday was the number of them that were into double coverage. It's yes. not the deep shots. And and the reason that they're in double coverage, I'm not, again, back to the beginning of the podcast, I'm not an offensive football guru, nor am I pretending to be one on this podcast. But I do know that the reason a receiver is, being, is in double coverage is based on the types of other routes that are being run by other receivers on the field. It's the, it's the scheme that's being run that's leading to that. Now, obviously, if we're running the ball so well that every single defender is in the box and they're playing cover zero on every play, then yes, nobody's going to be in double coverage. But right. obviously... We could not do that on Saturday, and we were trying to loosen up the the run game with the passing game, uh, which if if we run up against defenses that are going to take away the run, that's what we're going to have to do. And so my issue is not with the deep shots. It's with the types of routes that are being run that don't um, – where we're not getting the matchups that we want. You know, where are yeah. the – where are the – slot receiver single coverage on a safety matchups where Jake can throw the ball up. We're throwing it to Jorge Pickens and he's blanketed with two guys across the middle of the field. That's my issue. It's not that we're taking shots. It's the yeah. it's the schemes and routes that we're running to take those shots because I do think there's value in throwing the ball deep and not just throwing the yep. little quick hitters. Yep, I agree. Uh, that about wraps it up for Locked on Bulldogs. Uh, this is Media Wednesday. I uh, got to talk about Kirby Smart's presser. Got to talk about some things we read on the internet from those who have press credentials and then the mailbag questions. For next week, get your mailbag questions in before uh, Tuesday night when we record the Wednesday podcast. Uh, and if you have not, go ahead and subscribe to Locked on Bulldogs wherever you listen, on whatever device you listen to, uh, your daily source for all things UGA sports on the Locked on Sports Network. Uh, we're here as fans, for fans. Uh, tell your friends about us. Leave a review. Leave a rating. Uh, and we will be back tomorrow. What are we talking about tomorrow? One of our f- it's a big what day. What are we talking about, Daniel? Daniel, I'm just getting all excited because I don't know if you guys know this. We like money. And we like betting said money on said games. So we got them locks tomorrow, Daniel. It's the Locked on Bulldogs podcast. And there's nothing I'm more excited about about the name of this podcast <laughs> than the fact that it's got the word locks right in the dang title. Hello. You know we come in with those locks. We're coming with locks. So tune in tomorrow, uh, Thursday podcast, so you can get your locks. We will talk about the Georgia game as well as other locks. For those of you who go ahead and get somebody with a book, open that up and give in some money with some point spreads. Uh, So be with us back then. We'll see you guys then. See you.